0: Welcome to the Geek to geek podcast where the legend continues. I'm Void and I'm here with my co host, Bije. I'm a legend in my own right. <laughs> he is today we're talking about the legend of zelda and i hear lawnmowers starting in the background i apologize i'll try to get those out in post but if you hear a little bit that's on my end um we're talking about zelda today because i just yay zelda it's been on our list for a long time and we wanted to get to it eventually but i just did a whole like kind of light sampling playthrough of the entire series in chronological order that they came out so we thought now would probably be a good
1: time instead of waiting until later when my memories had faded yeah And I haven't played through the entire series like in order like you did, like really approaching it this way, where I've played most of them as they came out, but haven't touched a lot of them in years. But it's one where I have a lot of nostalgia and a lot of just love for the series in general. And I think a lot of people are in that position, too.
0: I mean, it's it's one of Nintendo's flagship franchises, you know, just like Mario. And, like, uh-huh. it never sells as well as Mario, but it's always kind of, like put up there as one of the big nintendo franchises it's in a lot of advertising it's in a lot of like tie-in merchandise and media and it's always pushed as like a reason to get a nintendo system because Uh you are not going to get it on a non-nintendo system um you can already see that with like breath of the wild we know that's coming out for the nintendo nx we don't even know what the nintendo nx is yet and we literally know
1: zero other games coming out for that system yep so but we know that we're going to be buying it because there's a zelda game on it that they've already announced Yeah. And that's pretty typical for Nintendo to put Zelda
0: Uh right up front for a new system, especially in the West. Um, So like I said, it's one of Nintendo's flagship franchises. Um, We're not going to talk a whole lot about our history because it'll kind of just come out while we talk about the games here. But I want to talk about a little bit about like the beginnings of zelda so it, it actually does a lot better in the west than it does in japan This kind of really? a fun fact that not a lot of people know but i always oh. thought it was interesting after i learned that yeah did you know that one
1: i had no idea no i know that i have a lot of just kind of raving fanboys that that i've met over the years and and fangirls i guess where they're just really rabid about zelda but i never really thought about that being a west centric thing Yeah, it does okay in Japan. It's not like a flop or anything, but it, it doesn't do
0: nearly as well as it does here or not necessarily just America, but just like Western culture in general. Like they market it worldwide, but it's really for the West, you know, yeah, much I more than it is that. for Japan, which is, it's fascinating to me that that ended up happening with the series. But it was originally created by Miyamoto, who's the same creator of Mario. So right. he created two of these iconic franchises, which is amazing. And then for a really long time, Anuma has been in charge of it. Um, He started as a designer with Ocarina of Time. But then, oh, okay. yeah, ever since then, He's been either a director or a producer or something along those lines. It depends on which game particularly you're looking at. Yeah. But all of them since Majora's Mask, he's been at that level or above. Like director, producer, executive producer, you know, overseeing it basically.
1: Which is fantastic and and really makes sense when you look at the games themselves. When you look at which ones he's been in charge of, they've all felt very similar in scope. And and you can definitely see that they're iterative of one another. Yeah, and I think some of them it was more of like overseeing the
0: outsourcing of. Like, you know, the Oracle games, those were done by Capcom. Like, those weren't done internally. There are some other Zelda games that like you know other parts of Nintendo handled or like outsourcing companies handled but they were still overseen by Nintendo and published by Nintendo so that's kind of interesting but he over has overseen the franchise for the longest amount of time so he's kind of like the owner of Zelda when it comes to like internally and yeah. Nintendo is Anuma and he's still in charge of it as of right now and in charge of Breath of the Wild when it's coming out so okay. the guy that you see in all the videos talking about it if it's not Miyamoto it's Anuma so i just want to talk about them a little bit cuz that's kind of the history of this series so in general have we
1: played them all you said no right which ones haven't you touched i haven't touched triforce heroes at all okay i haven't and that's just honestly because it just went completely under my radar i haven't played link between worlds because i haven't had time i've had numerous friends who have offered me their 3ds game of it so i can play it and i've just not bothered to sit down and do it even though even though I know it's just fantastic, and I'll probably get to it by the end of the year. And then I haven't played Skyward Sword because it has ridiculous controls, and I refuse to. Okay, <laughs> and that's understandable, but you've played like the rest of the series, yeah, right? Yeah, I've played pretty much everything else, I think, even a little, just a little bit of Hyrule Warriors, I think was the name of it, that's the Destiny, or Dynasty Warriors uh kind of zelda game played a little bit of it and it's not my kind of game but at least i've touched it okay and i even
0: beat that one i didn't include that one in my latest like zelda series light playthrough that i did because yeah it's definitely a spin-off it's mm-hmm. not part of the main zelda series but i have played it and beaten it before in the past
1: okay when talking about completeness i have to ask if you saw the old i can't remember i think it's early 90s late 80s legend of zelda animated series that came out with the mario brothers super show did you watch that i have watched it i think i watched it like at the time but i haven't
0: watched it anytime in a recent memory so i don't really remember it
1: it's ridiculous you really should go back. Some of these are on YouTube. If y'all have not seen this, and you specifically, Void, it is crazy awful. Like, it's fun awful to me, but I know you're not a big cartoon fan, so you might just be put off completely by it these days, but I like going back and watching just individual clips and episodes of it, because it is very much a product of its time. That it would not be made now the way it is. But when I think of completeness, that's one of the things that I'll want to put in there because it was very much what zelda was before link to the past and that era of games came in where it feels like the any that nes level of zelda before they really had a cohesive like motif all the way through it yeah i think if it's still part of the
0: mario brothers show i want to say that like maybe i saw parts of it when my daughter was watching that on like youtube or netflix okay. recently um yeah i have seen it and there are clips that people pull out online and just because they're ridiculous so it's like Uh i I know what you're talking about for sure um as far as me though i've touched like the whole series the whole thing um so before we get into actually like game by game and we're not going to dive in as deep as we did for final fantasy because we don't have that kind of time and there's a lot of zelda (laughs) games but you had a note like when we first came up with this topic months and months ago. You want to talk about old school versus new school? What do you mean by that exactly?
1: That Really what I think about when I think of Zelda are the two kinds of play styles where the old school is the the top-down... Iso- or isometric Zelda that you're playing that is like the original one that is like linked to the past and now linked between worlds that it plays. That's what I think of when I think of old school Zelda. But then you have the 3D Zeldas that, that started really with Ocarina of Time where they all have a very specific play style that feels very different different to me, where there are really two different kinds of Zeldas, and I can see people who gravitate toward the 2D ones, and and then newer players may gravitate toward the 3D ones, where they just have such a different play style that sometimes if I just want to play Zelda, that doesn't mean a lot to me. I would want to go and play a specific, you know, Link's Awakening because that was one of my favorite ones of the old school type, or I'm going to go play Wind Waker because it's like the best of the new Zeldas. That kind of, of breakdown down is very very prominent in my mind and see this was interesting for me
0: for the playthrough because i had really positive memories of most of the zelda games and i played them all right. like as they came out essentially the only one that i had really negative memories of was uh, well there were a couple but the main one was the second one <laughs> because the <laughs> zelda 2 adventure of link is so yeah. different from the rest of the series it's just it shouldn't really be a zelda game but it is it's just weird and then um twilight princess because I've stalled out on that game like five or six times over the years and I just hated the waggle controls but besides that like I had positive feelings about all of the other ones and going back to them I was kind of excited to see like how I felt about Ocarina because I hadn't played it in a couple years how I felt about Majora um, things like that you know and to see how like the 3D ones held up the 2D ones held up and I was actually really surprised because the 2D ones held up so much better than the 3D ones for me. Really? I got r- really frustrated with a lot of the design decisions in the 3D games. And I think we'll I talk see about that. those like, as we walk through game by game. But things just like so much text, so much tutorials, <laughs> things like oh, fighting yeah. with the controls because the controls just aren't tight in most of those games. Yep. They just feel very like loose and finicky and... It's just frustrating. Like, it's hard to do what you want to do, despite being someone who plays games all the time, you know? Things like that. And I don't know. I don't know. There's something about the 3- 3D three ones that, like, they are amazing in some respects, like, for what they did for the genre, for what they did at the time, like, for how groundbreaking they were when they came out. But going back to them, it's it's just different,
1: you know? And it's weird to me to think about, the controls being so weird and so bad on some of them because that's Nintendo's thing like they very very much focus on controls and a good I don't even and just a good experience all the way through and for some of these games to be so frustrating on controls it's really odd for me to think about but you're absolutely right I remember being upset when Ocarina of Time came out that there wasn't a jump button because I was so used to 3D games with a jump button that it took a long time to get used to just running up to a platform's edge and having him hop over
0: yeah and you know it's not stuff like that that really bugged me when i went back to it it was more things like and it's probably just that we've moved so much further ahead now that we expect so much more from our controls so to go back to like you know this was one of the earliest 3d games when like ocarina of time came out there was nothing like it before that you know the only thing similar at all was like mario 64 maybe and that's not a similar game like no. the controls just weren't there. And we're used to modern 3D games where the controls just kind of work and we're used to it <laughs> yeah. and it, it fits into our modern paradigm. So I know it's not exactly fair to hold it up to modern standards. But going back now, I, I can't help but do that because I still feel yeah. that frustration that it doesn't just work. And I want it to just work. Yep. Um I don't know. That's, that's, just, <laughs> that's just kind of my general feeling after playing through all of them. But I'm not, I'm not negative on the whole series. I actually like that I did the playthrough because it's given me more context. And I came out a yeah. lot more positive on some of the 2D games than I thought I would, which is great. So before we get into the games, um, do you have any – I know we're not going to do a whole history. But do you have like a specific Zelda memory that you want to share
1: before I, we dive in? I, when I was in college, I decided that I was going to DM a Dungeons & Dragons campaign and my friends and i got together and we only did a couple of sessions with this one because it turned out so badly that i learned i was not very good at putting things together but specifically puzzles that i wanted to do a zelda inspired DD puzzle campaign where you go into dungeons you have to move things around you have to do switches and it was this maze and labyrinth and fighting the monsters this way and it doesn't work D, and we were it might work in fourth edition where it's way more combat and tile based than the others but in uh third edition does not work very well just so you know and that's one of my worst memories about zelda is i love that part of zelda i love the picking up bombs and and jars and trying to break things with them and trying to translate that into a tabletop rpg i am just not talented enough to do that It might be different if you went back as an adult, but yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I can see how that would be difficult Um, for me I I don't have like one key Zelda memory, but I do remember um, kind of one of those sense memories from like when you're a kid that you can just remember like the room and the people and the exact setup. I just remember sitting there playing the original Zelda like on an NES on an old CRT TV at one of my friend's houses. I was probably six or seven. Like I remember the carpet, I remember the chairs, and like his mom, and like you know, like just everything about the room and the time. It's it's one of those kind of memories. So it's like it's not worth it for me to describe it to you because that'd be boring. But it's like, it's burned into
1: my mind type of thing. Uh Uh-huh. I actually feel that way about Zelda 2. As much as that game is terrible, I feel that exact same way because my friend Luke and I would sit and play it because he had it. And so we were just sitting in his bedroom doing the same thing. I can see the the bed, I can see the TV, I feel sitting on that carpet and the way that it is, that's how I felt about Zelda 2. That even though I know it is a terrible game, it has that nostalgia to me of sitting and trying to force ourselves to like it. Yeah, and
0: I can see having to force yourself to like that game. so okay let's get into the game so the first right. game legend of zelda i mean it set the tone for the whole series it's very very like open world not a lot of direction um you go into the first cave and you get a sword but beyond that it's kind of like just open to you go explore yeah. and i still like that about it a lot and um when i went back and played this game the only frustration that i had it wasn't really with like the game design and layout and like levels or dungeons so much as just the controls and yeah. i felt like i i was just fighting the controls a little bit because it was made for the original nes controller that didn't have a whole lot of buttons like it's definitely you know four directions and that's about it Mm -hmm. and i just feel like combat a lot of times you die in combat not because your intention is wrong or your fingers are wrong it's
1: just the controls don't quite get there in time does that make sense It does. They're just a little sluggish that they've always been just a tiny bit sluggish on the NES, too. Like even when it was new, I remember I can feel playing Zelda, if that makes any sense, that you think about a game and I can feel the way the controller responded in my hand. It was one of those first ones that you want to break the controller in half or kind of throw it like that in mario and it's for completely different reasons that when the controller is broken i think you can actually blame uh, dying in legend of zelda on you know you didn't hit the button you hit the button but it didn't do it unlike in mario where you just did it wrong yeah exactly
0: and it's Yeah, I don't know. Besides that, um, it's a it's a really well designed game. It's I'm glad that they're talking about Breath of the Wild. They're referring back to this one and how open world it is. They Uh said that they like that and they never have really gone all the way back to that. And they're
1: trying to do that for the first
0: time in the series in a long time.
1: And I love that because that was how I played it, that I, for a very, very long time, had absolutely no idea what order to do anything in in The Legend of Zelda, that I just wandered around, found stuff and did it, that whatever time of day I decided to play, it, I was just wandering doing things, which really translates into how I like open world stuff now, the sandboxy type, I'm just going to go do some stuff kind of gameplay. Yeah, so that's really cool. So then we get to Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, and this is the
0: one that I've never liked ever. Um, I've yeah, never made it very far good. in it, despite looking at guides and trying to figure it, it out. I can't believe you beat it. Luke um, and
1: I made ourselves like it and beat
0: it. Oh, my gosh. It's So if you've <laughs> never played bad. it, it's it's so different like it has an overworld if you kind of think final fantasy it has like an overworld Uh map if you wander off of these pre-designated roads on the overworld there are like monsters that spawn into random encounters Mm -hmm. and if you walk into one of those monsters your random encounter is a 2d side-scrolling like area that you can fight your way out of and if you get out of it you escape or you can fight them but there's also experience and like levels and yeah it's it has all of these like weird RPG trappings, but it still has Zelda and they're mashed together in this way that I just hate. I don't I never had fun with that game.
1: It doesn't really work. That they're that in those side scrolling areas, there's platform jumping and trap dodging, and it just it, it feels like it wants to be Castlevania, Final Fantasy, and Zelda all in one and it's just just terrible and it's like not all of the ideas
0: in it are bad it's just the the execution and like them as a whole package put together doesn't work because some of the side scrolling 2d stuff that shows up again in the oracle games and it works really really well yeah in those um it's just whatever happened to make zelda 2 like it it just didn't come together correctly um so that gets us to link to the past which is amazing (sighs) And yeah. this is the one that I was most surprised about on my playthrough again. I hadn't played this in yeah, I hadn't played this one in years. This is um Super Nintendo game and like I knew that I liked this game and I knew that I've beaten it a few different times. But I went back to just kind of like, like I said, I'm doing my playthrough. I'm sampling everyone. I'm not beating everyone because I have memories of all these games. I just need to play enough of it to get like jog my memory to be able to write about it and get a post up and kind of get it into my own rankings, right? Um, Yep. That's how I was approaching it. And I started playing this one. And after like the first dungeon, I was like, this game is really good. Like this is very solidly designed. I guess I'll do the second dungeon. And then like... Uh, that <laughs> night, I was about a third of the way done with the game,
1: and then I sat down the next night, and I think I beat the game. <laughs> like, and, and this is one of those games, you guys, for, for you listeners, this is one of those games that I basically got a let's play through screenshots over the course of this day and a half that it took him to beat this. Was it two it days was, or was it three? It was two or three play sessions. It was two or sessions. three. I can't remember exactly. I mean, it was super short. I want to say it was two, that it was really, that it was two nights of this that I remember of just sitting on the couch and be like, hey, here's where I am. Hey, look at this. This is cool. I love this game. It was just, you were you were fanboying out on this and it was great.
0: Yeah. And the only thing that I looked up, like the only reason I used the guide was just to know the dungeon order, like where to go next. Right. So um, I would be to dungeon and then I would like look at the guide to see which like corner of the map or which area of the map the next Uh dungeon was in because i I didn't remember the dungeon order and then i would just be like okay i know kind of where i need to go and then i would put the guide away again so i wasn't sitting there going like step by step through a guide to get through this as fast as i could i just really liked it and it hooked me and i played through the whole game in like three nights and it was amazing
1: And I know you and I touched on this in a different episode, but Link to the Past was the first game where I ever had to call the Nintendo hotline for a tip because you have to cut through the curtain at the very top of the screen and I could not figure out how to cut through it. So I had to call and this was before the Internet and all of that. So Luke and I got really upset. Our parents let us call and we were like, oh, seriously, that's it. And but that was the first game I ever had to do that too. Yeah, that's really funny. I like that story about
0: Having to call for the curtain.
1: Um, yep, it was yeah. a curtain call. The curtain like the theater call.
0: geek in me has never thought about that. So yeah, that that one actually is one of the best Zelda games out there. Was yes. a Link to the Past. Um, and then I, I tried Link's Awakening again, which is the next one. We're just going through chronologically here, basically. I've beaten this game before. I beat it on, I want to say, the Game Boy Color version, Link's Awakening DX, DX. when when I had my Game Boy Color some Christmas. Um, I think my grandparents got it for me. And I beat it, and I really liked it at the time. Going back to it now, it's really rough. Like, and I can just see why it is, like... It's all the limitations of the Game Boy, right? It's like the screen size and how big the pixels are and just, I don't know. As soon as you start playing it, you're like, oh yeah, original Game Boy limitations are hit with this
1: game all over the place. And I, because of what you've said, I will probably never go back and play this game because I played it. This was my favorite one for a long time. I liked Link's Awakening. 10 times better than a link to the past. And it wasn't on any knock to link to the past. It was just links. Awakening grabbed me everything about it. I just loved it. And, I remember playing it on the original Game Boy. I never had a Game Boy Color. I had the big clunky brick, you know, green and gray Game Boy. And I played the original Link's Awakening. I've probably beat this game a dozen times all the way through. And because I just remember sitting, kind of one of those sense memories like you were talking about for the first one, I remember sitting in my dad's recliner by the end table that we had by the couch, holding it over the end table so I could see the screen under the lamp because there was no backlit there was no backlight screen on uh, the original game boy you guys so you had to have a light source directly over you to really see it so that's what link's awakening is to me it is wonderful good times of my favorite zelda growing up and i will probably never play it again because of going back i don't want to ruin that based on what you've said yeah don't
0: don't ruin it. Leave those nostalgia goggles on and just leave it in your memory, I think, is the best case for Link's Awakening. Yeah. Um, Ocarina of Time. So this is the <sighs> first one that I was really disappointed by because oh. I loved it so much as a kid and I've beaten it so many times and I I don't know if I ever 100%ed it, but um, I, I've played it a ton and it was groundbreaking. It was yeah. genre defining. It was system selling, like... I can't ever, like, you know, undersell how amazing this game is in terms of the history behind it, but it's one that I I know that now I should just leave it, like you said, just leave the nostalgia glasses on, goggles on, whatever, and just remember it as it was and don't try to play it again because i just get frustrated with a lot of like the the flow of the game and design decisions and navi popping up with tutorials and like it's, <laughs> hey, it's just look. all of yeah it's not one bad thing about the game it's a bunch of little things that just add up to me eventually just turning it off and not coming back to it yeah
1: and I totally get that. Like Looking back on it, I see the frustrations that, that were there that I had, I'm sure. But this is the only Zelda game that I ever beat all the way through, that I ever 100% it had, had every single thing in the game. Wow. And I did 99% of it in 14 days, that it came out. And it was absolutely awesome. I was 15 years old when this came out in 1998. And I went just, it was awesome. It was fantastic. I got it for Christmas and I had to go back to school on my birthday. On January 8th, I remember it is exactly two weeks after Christmas. So I know that I beat it in 14 days because with 99% because I needed, when I went back to school that, that semester on my birthday, I had one item that I couldn't get. There was a traveling random vendor that popped up in the overworld that you were having to run around and get a single mask from. And I never could get that vendor to appear. Anytime I was on, I couldn't get it. It just never showed up for me. And then like three years later, two or three years later, I was on the phone with the girl that I was trying to date that that we were just talking and flirting like teenagers do. And I decided to put, ocarina of time in and i was like i'm gonna talk i'm just gonna run around the overworld on nepona and there the vendor was it was like oh my goodness oh my goodness oh my goodness and i remember telling her like just just hold on a second and i was like oh my god i got my mask oh my god i got my mask She's like what are we talking about? Um you're you're kinda, you know, being being real spastic there, Beach. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I got my mask and I just went crazy. And I was like, hundred percent in Zelda And I was just yelling and happy, and we never dated. I told her how good luck she was, everything. I was like nerd flirting here and it was like, No. Mm mm that did not mm-mm. 100% on Zelda not impressive to the ladies you guys <laughs> maybe it's impressive to some ladies it was not impressive to her I think I've done 100% on a couple different Zeldas um,
0: yeah I want to say I probably did a link to the past like way back on Super yeah. Nintendo makes when it sense was, yeah. yeah when I was a kid and I had the time for it I think <laughs> yeah. I might have done it on Ocarina of Time because I've beaten that game so many times I might right. have done 100% run once and I know I've done it on wind waker the one i'm the one i'm mm. sure about that i have done 100 because it's burned into my memory is majora's mask because uh, that one is uh, a task
1: that one is fun oh man i do not understand how you did that of course fun. that's like my least favorite zelda of any of them well, i the may like majora's mask less than i like zelda 2 and
0: that's unbelievable to me because i really like majora's mask it just um like going back to it, it doesn't really respect your time as an adult, which can be a little frustrating. But like right. I I have my memories as a kid and then I tried the remaster when I did my playthrough just now, you know, the yeah. other week. And the remaster is really good and it does a lot of things that are like modern conveniences for mm-hmm. it that make okay. the game even better. So if I had never played it before, I think it would still be really fun right now because it, it just has such cool like time travel mechanics and it has that core loop of three days. And I, so I that's think that's what I hate Mask about is really it. cool.
1: That's the main thing I hate about it is that time travel and time loop that it feels just so grindy to me. I just never could get into it. I, I hated it then. I've tried over and over again and I just can't. I want to. I want to like it, but I can't.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I guess the main progression in it is trying to get one of the key items that doesn't disappear on a loop or one yeah. of the masks because the masks always stay with you. Um, And if you don't get closer to doing one of those, then the only thing you really get out of a loop is information. And um, mm-hmm. in, in the original version... Is sometimes it's like hard to know what information you got, or like to see right. if that information got you closer to something that you need to accomplish. In the remaster, the bomber's notebook is a lot better and you have to pick it up like it's very easy to miss in the original game right. um, in the remaster you have to get it and it tracks things so much better it gives you a much better idea of like where to go next and what to investigate and okay. the things you're working on and working towards which i think I, I just think the remaster is better in so many ways but i still think majora's mask is a great game i just don't know if i want to go back and play it again just because i just i don't have that kind of time it takes a lot of time yeah
1: yeah And that's one thing that I didn't... Well, it also took the worst system for me in Ocarina of Time and made an entire game out of it. I didn't like having to deal with the masks in zelda i mean as excited as i was to finish it and get that last mask i didn't like using them in zelda games i've never liked anything that changes my character away from link and his normal abilities so you know twilight princess getting this you know with midna and all of the uh, the wolf stuff i just i just don't like changing away from link and so majora's mask having every system based on that like the main part of the game based on it i just couldn't do yeah and for me going back to it the other thing is like
0: the same things i felt about the 3d controls and design from ocarina i felt that about majora too like it it applies just as much um just going back like the controls just don't hold up as well as a modern game would you know but then that gets us to oracle games so oracle of seasons and oracle of ages they both came out on game boy color and Mm -hmm. they're like two two halves of a whole so if you play one game you can import your game into the other one via it's just like a passcode there's no actual import you just type in your passcode when you beat the game and um you carry over data of i think it's like rings and you also carry over like the data of i want to say whatever your companion was and then yeah. also the fact that you beat the first game and then if you beat the second game you move on to like the the ending of both of them together mm-hmm. which is stored in either one so you can play them in e- either order and these are some of my favorite 2d zelda games they're so good they are amazing like i can't believe how well these games hold up and these are the ones done by
1: capcom uh-huh what amazes me is that so many so few people have played them yeah That so many people missed them as they came through and haven't played them now that I ended up grabbing them as a set years ago and playing through them. I think I grabbed them on eBay and now they're on the virtual console on the 3DS and maybe the Wii U. Not sure, but yeah, they're on the 3DS virtual console for sure. I replayed them like
0: a year and a half ago. Both of them back to back on 3DS. And that was really fun.
1: They're just crazy good. Like, I don't even know how to describe how good they are. They just feel like Zelda. Like, they are what you want to play when you're playing Zelda. Yeah,
0: I think part of it is if you glance at it and then you glance at something like Link's Awakening, they look almost the same. But if you actually sit down and start playing it, Link's Awakening, like I said, you'll immediately run into all of these limitations of the Game Boy, whereas if you sit down and you play the oracle games it feels like a link to the past coupled with all of these things that they've learned from majora's mask and ocarina of time but then applied to a 2d zelda game Mm -hmm. so it's it's like all of these new things that they've learned that can be in zelda and make a good zelda game applied back to a 2d game and then put on a handheld so it the graphics might have put people off when it came out Um, yeah but they just hold up so well i love those games so much and those are actually pretty near the top of my rankings and then after that came out is wind waker so the wind waker is really the only 3d zelda game that made it into like my top few in my rankings Mm -hmm. i love wind waker i think it's great it it feels like they finally got the controls right and yeah It doesn't have a ton of tutorials. It doesn't have this like long, tedious intro, which is something that a lot of the Zelda games have, especially the 3D ones. It doesn't have like layer after layer of story that you don't care about and (sighs) box after box of text to read that you just want to click through because it doesn't matter and you don't care. It's a Zelda game. You're just supposed to explore like it it cuts out all these things. And instead, it just makes this open ocean to explore.
1: And I really like that about it. And I'm playing through it right now. I ended up Getting I can't find my GameCube copy of this, and so I know I have it. I have it somewhere, so I ended up downloading an emulator and an h d mod for it to play it on my computer and it is it is just as good as I remember it that the only reason I'm emulating it is because I can't find my copy of it and it's lost in my storage room somewhere, but it is it's so good, and it's just fun, and I remember when this game was coming out initially. Everybody was angry about it. They changed the graphic style from Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask into the cel-shaded, cartoony look that now everybody loves. But at the time, it was such a controversy that everyone was just nerd-raging all over everything about it. Yeah, I always liked
0: Toon Link, but I think the problem was... Um, before this game came out, they had a demo at, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to mess up. It was like space something. They were showing off the power of the GameCube and they showed off a realistic looking Zelda versus like Ganondorf charging at each other. And people were like, oh my gosh, that's what the next Zelda game is going to be. And then years later when this game came out and they revealed it, everyone's like, what is this? Why? Mm -hmm. Like this is not what you showed us years ago when you said this is what's going to be on GameCube. You know, it was just a disappointment from like what people expected
1: yeah now looking back i'm so glad they did this that the the game i think holds up a little bit better because it's cartoony because of the stylized graphics that going back to it you don't like looking at ocarina of time and majora's mask they're definitely the 3d models of the time that is as wonderful as they were but with wind waker they look especially with the hd remake that they did looks like it could have been made yesterday yeah, so I really like Wind Waker. It I, it made it into my top five. And um, I
0: yep. actually played the HD remaster when it came out in 2013. And then when I did my playthrough this last couple of weeks, that's the one that I went back to. And I replayed the first, like, third of. And then I loaded up my save file from 2013, and I beat the end of it again. And okay. I really like a couple of the things they did in the remaster with just like the Wii U gamepad that makes sense for inventory mm-hmm. management and things like that and um and having your map on the Wii U gamepad so you don't have to constantly open your map when you're in the yeah, overworld Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, when you're sailing around. And then they also have something called I want to say it's this quick sale. It's some kind of special sale that you can go and get Oh yeah. And you can get it fairly early in the game and it basically makes it so your sailing speed is it's either two or three times as fast as normal and the wind is always at your back so you never have to get out your like wind waker and actually summon Mm. the wind to point you in the right direction to go faster you're always just going top speed so it makes lovely yeah it makes the whole overworld exploration just that much easier and it, it definitely feels better like not that the original was bad but it's definitely better if you go play the remaster of it
1: that's the kind of thing I like remasters for is just doing small quality of life things that you've learned over the years that make for better game experience yep okay so now we enter a bunch of Zelda
0: games that I didn't like are there any of yep. these that you want to highlight a lot or should I go pretty quick here
1: no I'm pretty good with going through them because I kind of hated every one of them
0: <laughs> okay so Minish Cap was a Game Boy Advance game and <laughs> I don't know. It's just not great. It's it's nope. okay. I mean, I know some people like it. It doesn't really do a whole lot new. You can shrink down to be a tiny, you know, link with your hat. The, yep, the main issue just, I had when ugh. I went back to it is there's just way too much text, way too much trying to talk. And the dungeons weren't
1: fun like they just didn't feel very well designed i don't know yeah just the entire experience was meh on this one that it's it's there it's fine you're not gonna feel like you've wasted your time but you're also not gonna feel like you've spent a you know it's not a good experience either you're not like oh yeah i'm glad i did that you're like "Eh, yeah that's,
0: that's a good way to put it it's very meh it's not bad but it's not great it's just, it's there and it's an acceptable Zelda game. Then yep. is Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess mm. is a game I stalled out on. I'm pretty sure it's six times now. I tried to count it up the other day. And um, the, the first few times were because of the waggle controls, the motion controls in this game on the Wii. And I just hate the gimmicky yep. motion controls. And then the last time was last week when I played the HD remaster. And it was just because of the pacing of the game. Like oh, yeah. the intro of the game is like two and a half hours like i i played for two hours and i hadn't done anything even remotely zelda E yet i was just running around this town talking to person after person doing these stupid little fetch quests that were getting me like nothing and i just hated it and i was like if this is the pacing of the game
1: i'm It's not respecting me, so I'm done with it. And I've tried over and over like you. I want to like Twilight Princess. I've heard too many wonderful things about Twilight Princess, and I always stall out. And a lot of it is for pacing. A lot of it is that first dungeon is terrible. The Monkey Dungeon? I mean... As much as I love saying the words Monkey Dungeon, it's a terrible idea. It's a terrible place, and it should not have been in the game. Or at least it should have been later when you were ready to power through the game. Instead, it's just like, yeah, I'm done. I hate, I want to like it, and I can't. And the motion controls, the waggle controls are just...
0: Yeah, there's one part that I stalled out on multiple times, the first three or four times I tried to play it. And I want to say it's after the second dungeon, which is, I think, the fire dungeon. Um, There's an open world segment where you have to go and it's like whatever the darkness is that's spread around. So it turns into a wolf and you have to be a wolf until you collect all of these, I want to say they're Uh. pearls. Something, yeah. It's just like it's this huge collection quest that's a pain and they're really hard to find. And I stalled out in the exact same spot between the second and third dungeon where you're looking for those whatever the things are like four times. And I'm just I'm done with Twilight Princess. I'm never going back to it again after this last time. Like I gave it a shot plenty of times. I'm done with that one. After that is Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, which we can lump together because neither of them are good to go back to now. Um, i liked Phantom Hourglass a lot at the time when I played it I because did you didn't like it at the time.
1: I didn't like it or Spirit Tracks at the time. And again, games I wanted to like and just couldn't just the mechanics were off. They didn't feel like they felt like gimmick Zelda games as opposed to real Zelda games. Yeah. And at the time,
0: I think I was just so excited for touch controls in things because oh, I was excited yeah. for the DS and I, I, I beat all of Phantom Hourglass. So apparently I thought there was something there that was worthwhile, but going back like last week or two weeks ago whenever it was that i was playing these games the the touch controls just don't hold up at all they are horrible they feel like such a gimmick and they feel like such a pain now i mean we're used to touch controls on responsive mobile devices uh-huh. these days to go back to what you have to deal with on like a ds with the you know the stylus and the mm-hmm just the pressure the control yeah Ugh. you know yeah. instead of capacitive you have a resistive touchscreen stuff like that they're just not fun to control like the basics of moving around aren't fun or attacking so uh, that alone just breaks this mm-hmm. game go- going back to them and then Skyward Sword it's the same reason that I stole out on Twilight Princess a bunch of times it's the motion controls like I just, yeah. I can't do those waggle
1: motion controls have you ever, this is one you haven't I, tried right i haven't tried it i have watched people try it i have seen videos of it and there are two things that have kept me from from really investing in skyward sword the first is obviously the the controls because even though it's nintendo they're not responsive they still have a problem with one-to-one motion and i know that's something that you've talked a lot about with the vive getting right that the Wii just can't do and they tried as Close as they could and it's just it's just not good and then the intro on this one who cares about this story i want to see something like even watching let's plays i want to say that some of the let's plays that i've watched of skyward sword that there are probably four or five episodes of like whichever ones i've picked before you get to actually like doing something other than running around a village and talking with people it's just ugh it's not a Zelda game that I want any part of.
0: Yes. I second everything you just said. That Those are the exact reasons that I bounced off this game. And I didn't play it until this last week. That was like the first time that I really got into it. Um, I'd never tried it before that because I was okay. so put off by the idea of the motion controls. And... The um it tries to do one-to-one, like which direction you're holding the Wii Remote Plus is like which direction Link is holding the sword. And all that does is it just makes me hold up my hand in different directions more often. And it yeah. doesn't make me feel more immersed. It makes me feel more annoyed. Like it just right. it doesn't work. Especially like you said, after having a vibe and being somewhere where it's all one-to-one with your hands and it just works and you never have to think about it and you feel completely immersed going back to something like this feels even more gimmicky than it did at the time so skyward sword is not a game for me either
1: but now have you played the wii u version of skyward sword didn't they do an hd remake of this one no OK, I thought they did. That's one of the things that I was wondering how they would handle the motion controls that I could see the game being much better if they had done that. And I thought they had made it. So I, I'm i completely wrong. All right. No, it's on the virtual console on Wii U, which is where I grabbed oh. it.
0: Yeah, it's like it's um like half or a third price. You can just pick it up. But it's the Wii version of the game and it like boots up the ROM through the Wii U. basically. Yeah. But OK, you're still playing so you're still using
1: the Wii controller. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's it's the Wii Remote Plus, so it has like more motion sensing capabilities, yeah. but it's still that same controller. But it does bring us to Link Between Worlds, which is one you haven't played and it is no. literally my favorite Zelda game. Okay. It's amazing. It's like it it's basically if they took the core design behind A Link to the Past and then updated it to all of our modern standards, plus they took everything that they learned from Every Zelda game between Link to the Past and now, like all the 3D iterations, all of the everything else, and applied it into this game. So it's definitely like paying tribute to Link to the Past because it has the same general overworld and the same general layout and some of the same kind of like bosses and thinking behind it, but it's its own game in like every other respect. And I just, I love this game. It's so fun. And I can't believe you haven't played it yet.
1: No, it's one that I've just, I want to, and I'm fully planning on getting to it and just haven't. One thing I like about it is when we were doing the speed run when we weren't doing it, we were when we were watching the speed running stuff. It was one of the main uh, speed running games that I was watching and that you you told me about. And I didn't know that there was renting weapons in this that you didn't necessarily have to go through and find all of the weapons that you could rent them for a certain portion of the game and for rupees. And that's a really cool feature. Yeah, it's a non-linear
0: Zelda game like the the first couple dungeons you unlock and you have to like get those to get to the main like seven dungeon portion of the game right but once you get to that you just go to like the weapon shop and you can pay more rupees to buy a weapon straight up and then you always have it or you can pay not a whole lot and you can rent whatever item you want and basically if you die then the rental goes back to him and you have to go rent it again so if you're good and you never die you could rent every weapon once and then you're set for the entire game um And basically what it allows you to do is you can tackle any dungeon in any order because you can just go grab the item you need. And because it's nonlinear like this and the dungeon doesn't know which other items you may or may not have, every dungeon is centered around one item, basically. And it's made so that that one item is just so heavily featured that it becomes like the star of the dungeon in a really okay. interesting way. And I think it makes for better gameplay. Um, I, I've heard people complain about that who say that other games, they build on each other where you have to use multiple tools in each dungeon right. because you get a more and more like a bigger tool And set. I can see that. Yeah. I like this way better because it feels like every item gets its chance to shine in that particular dungeon because the whole thing is built with that one in mind. And... I, I don't know. There's something about just getting into the zone with the puzzles for that one item as you're tackling that dungeon that I just find super engaging. And like every, every time I walk into a dungeon, Like I was just locked in until I beat it and I didn't think about anything else, you know, like I didn't open my phone to check Twitter. I didn't feel like I (laughs) wanted to check a guide or like break away and take a break for something else, which is rare for me. You know, usually I'm gaming and I'm doing a bunch of other stuff at the same time. Yep. And I was really like locked into a dungeon and I, I think it's because they're designed this way. They're so focused on one thing that it makes for a good dungeon.
1: And you also, with this, you don't have to deal with one of the big issues that I tend to have with a lot of RPGs, and especially action RPGs, that there are a couple of items or there are a couple of spells that just aren't fun. There are some of them that are always just kind of lackluster that I don't enjoy using, where with it being focused around one, yes, there's going to be a portion of the game that may not be the best part of it, but then you don't have to deal with it again, where if one of your base abilities is terrible, you can just really, once you're through with it, you're through with it. And I like that idea. Yeah, and then it
0: has a bunch of modern conveniences too. Um, I'm not going to remember them all off the top of my head, but things like once you get just a little tiny bit into the game, um, there's a witch that comes by and it's like, I'm here to help you out. Anytime you find one of these save points, um, you basically unlock it as a a transport point and you have a little bell icon on your screen that you can hit and she'll pick you up from anywhere in the overworld and transport you to any of those save points. So it makes traversing the whole overworld super fast, which is really nice. Things like that are just nice to have you know yeah absolutely fast travel is always a good thing to have fast travel is good to have for sure and then yeah i don't know I, I just i really like a link between worlds and i feel like a lot of people talked about it right when it came out and then it kind of fell off of everybody's radar and then when i see people talking about the best zelda games ever people tend to revert to just ocarina of time because right. Ocarina green of time and maybe it's just that we haven't had enough time it's only been three years so nobody would hold this one up as a classic but I really think that this one is going to stand the test of time. Like, I, I love Link Between Worlds. I think it's fantastic. It does bring us to
1: Triforce Heroes, which you haven't played, right? I don't really know anything about Triforce Heroes. All I know is that it has an online component. And it's kind of like, the. in my mind, everything I've read and seen is kind of like Four Swords Deluxe, is the way I think about it.
0: It's not a bad way to think about it. Um, Triforce Heroes takes the Link Between Worlds engine and makes it into a 3 player online multiplayer Zelda game basically. Right. Okay. Um the thing is you have to play either you can play single player and you get these little like dummies that you can move around and you can jump between so you mm. can inhabit any of them at any time but you can only control one at a time. So there's a single player campaign but if you play it which I have that's not the way the game is designed. Like it's there but it's not really all that fun it's just kind okay. of like yeah i guess we have to have a single player just in case um, yeah the the real way to play is online with three players and the thing is i've had amazing runs of this game and i've had horrible runs of this game because i i haven't ever gotten to get online with two other friends or in the same yeah. room it, it supports local co-op um, oh in, cool yeah in the same room with two other friends playing this game i bet it would be amazing but oh, online, i bet online with two other random people like it's such such a mixed bag like sometimes you get people who just get the puzzles you know and yep. you guys all work together and it goes great and you just fly through it and you do level after level and it's fantastic other times you get someone who just stands there and you're Uh-oh. like what are you doing other times you have someone who's running around and they just don't get it and there's a bunch of like emotes that you can do on the okay, bottom that's screen what I was about to ask can you communicate you can somewhat. There are a bunch of emotes you can do for like key things in the game. So you can say like, come over here or pick me up or throw this oh. or use an item. So you can try to stand somewhere and emote the thing and hope that they understand. But sometimes you're just you're doing it and you know exactly what they have to do and they just can't figure it out. And it's just frustration. Uh, uh, you know? Yeah. So um, I've beaten a link between or not link between. I've beaten Triforce Heroes. And like I said, there are portions that I really liked and there were portions that I was really frustrated with and it totally depended on the people I was with. Triforce Heroes, I think most people can skip it. If you are in the rare circumstance where you could sit down in a room with two other friends that have 3DSs or 2DSs and play locally, I bet this would be an amazing game. So I would recommend it for people in that very limited circumstance.
1: Yeah, I could totally see totally see how getting a group of friends together would almost be like a board game night yeah yeah something like that because i used to love getting people together for world of warcraft dungeons they would bring over their laptops i had a laptop and a desktop and we would do five man dungeons in my house in my basically my computer room while we were in college and it was fantastic like it's way better doing that than actually being on voice chat but most people never have that capability so it was just super fun so i could totally see how triforce heroes would be great cool i think that kind of brings us to the end of the zelda games um I have yeah. my
0: whole rankings here, and I think we'll drop them in the show notes, but, yep. um, if you want in depth what my I thought about every single game, those are going to start going up one by one on my blog, I think, at the end of next week, depending on Cut. when you listen to this. And you'll see those like every individual game, thought by thought. Um, but I did want to talk about my top five, basically,
1: and this is a no nostalgia ranking this is a current you just played every one of these looking at the you know, ranking them best to worst right yeah so keep in mind this isn't what i think are like the most important zelda games
0: these aren't the ones that i think are the most historically significant these are i spent three weeks playing or sampling every zelda game in order and these are the top ones that i would want to replay right now in this moment so a link between worlds is at the top That is my favorite Zelda game. Uh, Next up is A Link to the Past because I was blown away by just how amazing it was and how much it holds up. Then Wind Waker is the only 3D Zelda that's way up here on the list. Wind Waker is still amazing. even After all these years, I especially recommend that HD remaster. And then... The other two in my top five are the two Oracle games. So Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages. um, They're both really good. And really, they constitute two parts of a whole. I put Seasons a little bit above Ages just because I like the combat in it. And Mm. Seasons is a little bit more combat heavy. Ages is a little bit
1: more puzzle heavy. But that's just me. I mean, the other way around is just fine, too. Yep. And... You know, I'm amazed that you ranked those separately, that given how close they are and how how much of a pair they are, that I'm amazed that you actually ranked them as separate games as opposed to looking at them like you were just talking about, that it's a preference on which one is, you know, maybe better or worse, That, that because they seem like a package. Yeah, and they are, but I mean, they are separate games
0: too. And, you know, I, I picked f- top five here because... If I were just like sitting here looking at my whole games collection, well, it's mostly digital, but scrolling through <laughs> my, you know, digital games collection and just trying to pick a random game to play out of my collection. I was trying to think which of these Zelda games might I actually stop on and just play randomly some night, and yeah. most of them I wouldn't. Like most of them I just wouldn't want to go back and play again unless I had a, hmm. a reason like this whole playthrough. So, yeah. the other ones on, you know, out of the 16 on my list, Like, I don't think I need to replay those maybe ever, but these top five, I really, really like these and I would play these. I will play these again at some point. You know, I I like these games a lot.
1: Which is that's high praise from you. So for any listeners who are new to listening and haven't gone through our backlog, Void does not replay games very often, or rewatch movies, or rewatch a TV show. That when he's done, he's done. So to say throughout these Zelda games that he's played them multiple times is uh, it's pretty much just the highest praise that he can give a piece of media. Yeah. So I really like those a lot. So. You've done everything. You've played all of these these top 16 mainline Zelda games and at some point in your life and sampled them now, at least. What is one takeaway, your overall thought on the Zelda series as a whole? I want to know, you know, Ooh. because you said the top five you would replay, but that leaves 11 games that maybe you'll never touch again. What do you think about Zelda at this point? Are you still this hardcore Zelda fan where it's just like, oh, yeah, Triforce, or is it like, eh, Zelda? No, I mean, I don't think I was ever a super hardcore
0: Zelda fan. Um, Yeah. I, I appreciate it more now maybe as a historical thing for what it did for the industry and games and pushing genres forward and things like that than as actual games that I would go back to now. Right. But OK, I guess if you want one takeaway, I would have to say that when Zelda is good, it's really, really good. Like, yeah, the best games in the series hold up against any other game in any other genre like they are amazing. So I don't want to diminish that by the fact that I was let down by some of the other ones in the series because right. like you can hold up. You know, like a link to the past, like that's a game from nineteen ninety one. You can hold that yeah. up against modern day games, and it beats a ton of them in terms of just True. game design and entertainment and like value and so many things. You know, so I guess my one takeaway is when the when a Zelda game is good, it's just phenomenal.
1: But when it's bad, it really is just kind of like let's not do this anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think. Now I know, and now I can just kind of leave n- the nostalgia glasses, the nostalgia goggles on for yep. the rest of the series and just look back on how I felt about those games the first time I played them when they came out, you
1: know, in their original context. And I don't need to, like, replay them. And I'm fine with yeah. that. Um, and I like games as artifacts. I mean, sometimes you don't have to go back. That, yeah. that I know playing Duck Hunt right now would probably not be fun, but it will never change how much fun I had when I was three years old shooting those ducks.
0: Right. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Nope. Like, I don't know. It's I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm glad I did this playthrough because it gave me a lot more context on how I feel about Zelda yeah. you know, overall, which is what I wanted. That's why I did it. Before we jump off of Zelda, I wanted to just kind of hit things that we like and things we don't like in Zelda yeah. games. So I wrote this list really quick after I did the playthrough and you told me that you basically agreed with everything.
1: <laughs> Yeah, because as I was looking over our notes, I I was, you know, going through adding my stuff in like we always do. And I got to, you know, your bullet points about things we like and things we don't like. And the stuff that I was about to type in, you did. Like you already had there. So you and I pretty much line up exactly on what is great about Zelda and what they need to shy away from in the future for our personal preferences for a game to, you know, rank highly. Yeah, and You know what, looking at this list, um,
0: it also ties into our last bullet point, which is going to be, are we excited for Breath of the Wild? And I think everything we've seen for Breath of the Wild is actually, it it fits like all of our criteria here. So I'm just going to run them down quick. Things that we don't like in our Zelda games. Long, tedious intros. And the uh, the 3D Zelda games are much, much more guilty of this than any of the 2D ones. But some of the 2D ones have this also. So they're not exempt. But the long, tedious intros. Oh, I just um, get so tired of it. Yeah. And I also have lots of talking, lots of text, lots of tutorials um, this is usually front-loaded into the intro so these are kind mm-hmm. of two parts of the same thought but sometimes the tutorials go on for the first half of the game and it's just like stop interrupting me like i've played yeah. games before i know how to equip an item and just play with it and figure it out like stop interrupting me whatever tutorial assistant it is for this particular yep. zelda hey so, look it's a bomb and i'm like yeah i know oh, i get it thanks for yeah. thing Or, you know, there are some Zelda games that every time you save and then you turn off the system for the night and you turn it back on, the next time you pick up an item, it treats it as if you've never touched that item before, even though you have 20 of them in your inventory already. And it stops and it does a big fanfare and it tells you what the item is. And it's like, I know I was playing this game last night. Like, why? Why are you doing this with my time? So that kind of stuff. We don't like that. Um, We don't really like villages with NPCs. They feel like a waste of time. They feel like a lot of loading and zoning between different zones, and I have to talk to all these people. Why? Like they don't really add anything to the game. They just feel They don't add
1: flavor. No. They don't make it feel as though it's lived in. There's not a story I'm invested in. I just want to go buy some potion and go to the next dungeon. Yeah, it it feels like a busy
0: work or it feels like at its best, it feels like I guess I can get an item here that I need. Mm -hmm. You know? Um and then we don't really like the story in most Zelda games. Like, no. all I need is the premise. You know, you don't need a whole lot else in a Zelda game. The early ones are better in this case. Like, yeah, you know, go power up and then go save the princess. Yeah. Like, I, it's a little sexist at this point. Like, I don't care. It could be gender reversed. You know, go power up and save the prince. Zelda can, you know, Link could be a girl. Yeah. I don't care. But, like. Give me two sentences of premise and then let me go into the open world. I do not need two and a half hours of like preamble about a story that I'm not going to care about because it doesn't actually matter.
1: And I don't care about Hyrule, no matter how much they try to make it as though there's a cohesive history to it. It doesn't make sense. I don't care. I think it's pretty. I like the world that they've built. It's great. But in terms of having this Game of Thrones style epic backstory and this hyper diegetical narrative, no. Like, I don't care. I just want it to be pretty and kill Moblins. And you had save system, right? And I don't like the save system. One thing that I really, really like in a game is quick save and quick load, kind of. When I save a game and it says save in a menu, I want to be able to come back exactly from where I stopped. I don't like it having to go back to the last building I exited. I don't like having to start back and get back to where I'm going. And a lot of the Zelda games say that they're saving it. But what they're doing is saving your items and saving your heart containers and then making you go back somehow and retread and that's always irritated me yeah and i
0: can see that too for sure to be a little more positive things that we do like in our zelda games we love them when they have solid responsive controls that are non-gimmicky you know when when we're not doing touch controls when we're not doing motion controls there are some zelda games with really really solid control schemes those are awesome um and that ties into when they have fun combat so
1: when the controls don't suck combat can be really fun in zelda game and it when they do this when they have this kind of control and combat they are some of the best games in the genre that have ever existed because you feel it and like i said i can feel zelda 1's controls and i don't necessarily know as though those sluggish controls are a bad thing when i go back and remember it because they stood out so much that it feels like zelda that i don't know another way to put it that when they're good, I remember how linked to the past controls, and I can feel it. It's that sense memory in my hand that I know exactly how to pick up that game and go play it.
0: Yep, And that's exactly. awesome. So when the controls don't suck, that's, that's fantastic. Like, good, fun combat with the solid, responsive controls. Um, mm-hmm. We like puzzles, but to some extent like sometimes they get overly complicated to the point where there's frustration and no clear way forward um i'm thinking of like my initial experiences with the water temple in the first time i played ocarina of time but there are many other examples of it throughout the series where they just take it like one or two steps too far into too complicated and it, it turns from an interesting like brain teaser into like do i need to break out the pen and Paper and like uh-huh. actually map this out and like oh this is frustrating. I'm just gonna look up a guide. Like
1: yeah, where yeah. where they they don't telegraph what you need to do necessarily. That there's no there's no leading up to that level of complication. It's just hey, you know here's a roadblock. You know take some time doing this and it's like right. oh I'm not be- I've not been prepared for this. Awesome. So we like well designed puzzles.
0: We like exploration and the open world. So I think oh, this yeah. ties into all of the overworlds that are done well and all of the ones that just have like hidden things everywhere, you know, things to explore, things to discover. And that's the last thing is things to discover, you know, an open world where like you can find all these nooks and crannies that have things Uh you can pick up, but you don't have to, like you don't have to do it to beat the game. But if you're wandering around and there's a wall to blow up and then inside is a heart container or like a piece of a heart container, that's Uh cool, you know, it is. Like and just, I always feel good about that. Right? Right.
1: It's like, oh, cool. I got this. That made me happy.
0: Or even if, you know, you just like it's some kind of hookshot puzzle and then you end up at a secret chest and you open it up and it's like 100 rupees. It's still like,
1: hey, I found it's a still thing. something. Yeah. Yeah. So I like finding things to discover. So and with that, that that same thought. I don't know if you're the same way I am, but when I'm wandering around in a, you know, in an open world Zelda or any open world game for that matter, I like finding areas that are too hard and getting killed that I really like seeing what I'm going to get powerful enough to kill at some point and powerful enough to solve these puzzles because I'll walk in and try to use the tools that I have. And fall into the gorge and be like oh i know what i'm gonna get later this is gonna be really cool seeing myself fly over this chasm that kind of thing i love to find like i love dying in games because of stuff like that
0: yeah that's really cool and i mean it kind of ties back into some of that old mentality from like everquest like you know yeah going in somewhere that's way high level and be like someday Someday. Yeah,
1: someday I'm going to come you know, back here and
0: I'm going to punch you in the throat. But it's a much tighter loop in Zelda. You're like someday, yeah. but then it's like two hours later and you're back. Right. Yeah.
1: It's not, you know, two and a half years later with 40 different people helping you. So with all of those Zelda thoughts in there, um, how do you feel about Breath of the Wild at this point? I'm tentative. I really want to like Breath of the Wild. I want an NX. I want to see how they do it. But until we get the console, until we know what the controls are fully going to be... I'm not getting myself terribly worked up about it because I've been let down by Twilight Princess. I was so excited for Twilight Princess that I held off on getting the GameCube version of it, which I should have done, and I should go back and play now. Maybe it would be a little bit better for me, but I don't know. But I hope that it doesn't control like Skyward Sword. I hope that there's not something so gimmicky, like if there's a touchpad, if if they're whatever it is, I hope that it just plays like a Zelda game. I really hope that they're backing off of the gimmicks and just giving us a really good solid game. And if that's the case, I will go all in and I will Skyrim this game so hard. And see, I'm cautiously
0: optimistic um, because I I didn't really know how I was going to feel because I was finding all these 3D Zelda games didn't really meet like my nostalgia levels of what i thought right. they would be um but then at the very end here when we listed out things we like and things we don't like and i realized that like breath of the wild hits all of our criteria from what yeah. we've seen we've only seen the intro area so who knows when it comes to the entire game but from what we've seen in that intro area like the game has like a three minutes of intro and then it puts you into an open world and then all of the yeah. other things that we like are there so that makes me really excited for it the other thing is when people were playing the wii u version at e3 um right they were saying that there were no wii u unique features it used the gamepad not at all and it probably means that it's going to be a traditional control scheme which makes me also happy like you said we won't know until we know what the nx is and how it works with the nx but i'm cautiously optimistic and i'm kind of letting myself be excited i'm not Fanboying, like I'm not crazy excited, but I am excited for it, so I want to see more about it. That's kind of where I'm at.
1: And if there is, since there is going to be a Wii U version, and you know, if I don't end up getting an NX, it'll be very easy to pick up a cheap Wii U somewhere and play it with no gimmick controls there. Like I said, like I should have done with the GameCube version of Twilight Princess, yes, that's true too. Yeah, Wii U's will fall way in price once
0: the NX is out, I'm sure. Yeah, cool. Uh, with that, we have our geeky offer of the week, just like last week, um, Gamefly, you guys have heard me talk about Gamefly for like a month and a half now. So we still have the offer set up. If you go to Gameflyoffer.com slash geek, you can get, it's basically like a free month trial of the base level plan. Otherwise, you can get like upgraded plans for discounted rates. And if you guys don't know exactly what Gamefly is, it's kind of like that old Netflix DVD plan where they would mail you a DVD, except it's games. So they mail you the yeah. game disc, you play it, and then you send it back. And um, as soon as you send it back, they send you another one. And I really like a couple of the features about it, like you can as soon as it like gets scanned in at have Mm -hmm. i told you about fast return bish
1: yeah yeah you have where as soon as it gets scanned at the post office they send out your next one yeah it gets scanned in at your post office and then
0: like it lets the facility know that it's on the way and they just send you the next one so it doesn't actually have to wait for it to get back there which is cool and then like you can keep games too you can there's just a keep it button and they'll just like mail you the case basically and you keep the game that you already have at home so Yes. Um, if you want to support the podcast, if you want to check that out, or if you just want a free trial of Gamefly, check that out at GameflyOffer.com slash geek. With that, we'll get to our weekly geekery, which is where we share what we've been geeking out about this week. What do you have this week?
1: So looking back at Nostalgia and the Zelda games, I think it's absolutely perfect. You know, I mentioned earlier that I was doing the emulator for... Uh, Wind Waker and so I downloaded the Dolphin emulator and I'm huge on emulation like I grew up playing Japanese games that weren't released in North America on emulators and The Dolphin emulator for PC, uh, which is a Wii and GameCube emulator, is actually very stable right now. It is very fun. I'm using my Xbox controller to to control Wind Waker. It's great. So if you guys are emulator fans, uh, you can pretty much, I believe it even lets you just put your game into if you have the disc you can just put it in the cd drive and play it there so it's really cool but i got into this because there's a fan made mario 64 not remake but addition with like 130 extra stars and all new uh, abilities and things like that taken from the later mario games but using the mario 64 engine it's called mario 6 super mario 64 last impact and i don't know if nintendo's taking it down offline because they are crazy about this like they did with pokemon uranium but it's really well made that this feels like Mario 64. The guy who made this knew Mario so well and cared so much that he understood Mario game design and he understood level design and it's really fun. It feels like booting up a direct sequel to Mario 64 on my computer. And I love playing this like it. it is it is great and it shows me that Mario 64 actually is this awesome game that i remember you know geeking out about when i was a teenager that it still holds up and i still get this just goofy smile on my face that i looked at jennifer and i was like i'm so happy playing this she's like i can tell that you love this so much that mario 64 last impact if it is still online You guys should go download it and install the Power 64. It is called Project 64 1.6 so that you can play Mario 64 Last Impact while it's available. It is very, very good. So that's what I've been geeking. I've been playing Wind Waker and Mario 64 on emulators and it's so cool. That's
0: pretty sweet. Are, are there any like videos of it online if someone doesn't want to install the emulator and get the whole thing set up just to like check it out on like YouTube? I don't
1: know if there are like playthrough all the way but yeah i'll throw up a link to the main article that i saw that has the the video that sold me on figuring out how to download it and install it because it just looks like an awesome mario but yeah there's a trailer for it that shows a lot of the remake that he did so yeah i'll throw that in the show notes yeah i don't know if i'd want to go all the way to actually trying it but i i think i want to
0: see it yeah if you put that in the show notes i will watch it for sure um for me, I this week I finished Zelda, which obviously we talked about. Uh, I did some more Gamefly games. I got a bunch of RPGs back to back and like none of yeah. them grabbed me. So I was talking about that on Twitter. I did a post up about it on my blog. Like it's just it takes a lot for an RPG to really hook me these days. And a lot yeah. of them feel so samey. They feel very tropey. They're slow to get started. Like I I know it's part of the genre, but like nothing's really hooking me and I'm kind of just biding my time until Final Fantasy 15. So, right. I don't know. I was I was let down by a couple of the games I tried out, but the Power Rangers trailer came out this week and
1: ah, yeah, oh it my sure god,
0: I was blown away by this trailer. Like I I expected nothing. I thought it would look totally dumb. And I saw the trailer and I was like, yep. well, I have to see that movie now.
1: Yep, absolutely. I I was the exact same way. I wasn't sure how I felt about them redoing it. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, yep, I'm paying for that. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm like, okay, well, you got my money for a ticket. I'm seeing that at least once. Like, I have to because Power Rangers yep. were such a huge part of my childhood. And then I started playing World of Warships. Have you ever played I... any
1: of the World of games? no i haven't they are not a genre that i care even a small bit about okay so i had played world of tanks a long time ago with my brother and right. we um we
0: kind of got into it we got up to about so there's basically like different tiers of tanks in it right and i think we got to like tier four or five okay. or maybe three i don't know we didn't get too high we got to the point where you're at a high enough tier where like every different variety of tank unlocks and so okay. that's when you finally get a feel for what the full rest of the game is going to feel like because everyone has access to everything and we, we ended up not liking it for a variety of reasons, but we played right. it enough to kind of know how it felt. And then at PAX um, last year, when we went to PAX, we tried out World of Warships, which I don't think was out at the time. It was still in beta okay. or maybe alpha even, um, but they had it on the show floor and we went to it because we wanted, they had a really cool pin that you got, like one of, <laughs> right. yeah, one of the Penny Arcade pins, um, if you just went through and you did a demo once. So we were like, whatever, we'll go play it. And yeah. we were like, that was actually pretty good. Maybe we'll play that when it comes out. And it totally fell off our radar. And um, so last week, my brother just started playing it because he saw that it's been live for a while, I guess. Oh. And um, so he invited me back. Like, you can invite people back into the ecosystem, invite a friend type of thing. Yeah. You know, because I love all of these. It- yeah, all of the accounts are linked, like World of Warships, World of Tanks, World of whatever the last one is, Warplanes. I Warplanes, say. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he invited me back and we both got bonuses for me joining back up. So nice. we were on voice chat playing together last night was the first night I did it, and we played for like five hours and it was amazing. Holy cow. It's really, really good. It's like uh I mean, how do I describe it? Why is it so good? It's it's tactics and its strategy. And it's a little bit of skill, but it's not at all twitch reflexes. Okay. And that's key for me these days. Like, I, I love Overwatch, but I'm never going to be, like, a pro Overwatch player, right? Yeah. Like, I just don't have twitch reflexes. I don't have the time for that. And World of Warships, like, you're this giant warship, right? You can only move so fast. Your guns can only track so fast. So yeah. it becomes about positioning, and it becomes about coordination, and it's not all about aiming and even if it were about aiming you can only oh. like you can move your mouse as fast as you want and put it where you want it to be but you have to wait for your guns to kind of like get over to there and then you can fire cuz the guns huh. take time to rotate so it's it's a tactical game it's a strategic game and it's fast paced enough that like we felt like we wanted to do game after game after game cuz yeah the max time limit on a game is 20 minutes but most of the games we were in took less than 10 minutes and then we would immediately jump into another one Oh, and, okay yeah they're really really quick um and and we always were like yeah let's let's play another why not and then five hours went by and i i don't know something about it was strangely compelling and we're not quite at the level where like all of the tiers have unlocked so we'll see what yeah. that feels like you know we need to get a couple more tiers of ships but i mean there's also like um there are progression mechanics because it's totally free to play Right. Oh, uh, yeah. You you can spend money, but you don't have to. And I've always I,
1: heard that even spending money in those, it's not going to get you a lot of not going to get you a lot of stuff from it that it's pr- not even not cosmetic, but you can just play for free. Yeah, it's
0: not pay to win at all. I mean, basically, if you want the top tier ships, what you have to do is you have to like work your way through um, your current ship upgrade it right. all the way. And then if you work your way down its upgrade tree. Um, you can like pick two ships from it you can either do the okay. next one of the same type or you can like veer off the tech tree to one side or another and okay. like get a different type of ship of the next oh, you know level okay. do you know what yeah. i mean does that kind of yeah, make sense so what you want to do is you want to work through the tech tree and then get the next one and if you pay money for a ship you can get what they call premium ship which gives you like mm. bonus experience and stuff what that yeah. does is it's totally removed from the tech tree so it's not going to ever like give people a jump start. It just gives them a ship that's kind of like off to the side. That okay, like uh, it gave me one of them just for doing that. Um, that friend invite a friend get someone back into the game thing, and I used it once, and I was like, well, what's the point? I, I thought the uh, fun of this game is to like upgrade my ship and then get the next ship, you know, like.
1: And so, just starting out at the top actually removed. You know, you're not an end game player, so that kind of just. Took away from you. Well, from your experience, it doesn't even start you at the top. Like, I don't think you can buy top tier ships.
0: You can buy like good tier ships, but you can't just buy your way to end game. Yeah, we were playing that a bunch last night. We were trying out different combinations of like cruisers and destroyers and battleships. And, you know, um, you have different. You have different nationalities, just like we did in World of Tanks. So you have, you know, American ships handle differently than the Russians, handle differently than the Japanese. And then whatever the last one is, I want to say German, maybe. Um, Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And it's just really cool. So we were experimenting with different combos of nationality and how the ship controls and different styles of ships and mixing and matching between the two of us and seeing what would work together with coordination. It was it was surprisingly fun. And like I said, it was compelling enough that I played for five hours without thinking about it.
1: That's that is dangerous for me. So I'll I may check it out, but I'll have to keep a very close eye on myself. I can invite you and you can get some free stuff.
0: Do it. I will. I will do that actually right after we finish wrapping up here. I actually think that's it. I think that's it for the week. Um, You can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast.
1: And if you want email updates about our network's podcasts or just to see what's going on with our shows, you can go to geek2geekcast.com and tell us which shows you want updates about. I blog
0: almost daily at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grnmushroom Mushroom, that's Green Mushroom without the Ease on Twitter.
1: And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege, And I host the Geek Fitness Health Hacks podcast, which is back. So uh, make sure you check your feeds. And it lives at geekfitness.net.
0: And the episode you came back with is really good. You guys should check that out if you haven't. Um, we've been Void and beige with your Geek Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks.
1: I can't remember the Zelda theme music I was going to do. Oh, man, I messed it up. Bye.